The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Happy birthday, Jim is right. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. We're looking for record highs across the board this morning. As earnings are solid, uh, the COVID trends are looking quite good. Core inflation runs cool for the second month in a row, despite some commodities of multi-year highs. Our roadmap begins with Twitter on a tear, on track for its eighth straight uh, daily gain, rallying nearly 20% in the past week. Plus, remember when President Trump was asking TikTok to sell to Oracle and Walmart? Well, now it's on hold. The Biden administration shelving a deal as it reviews security. Shares of Cisco under pressure this morning. This has revenue declined from the fifth straight quarter. CEO Chuck Robbins, he will join us exclusively just a few minutes from now. Carl. Jim, uh, it's our pleasure to wish you a happy birthday. And it looks like the market's going to be a bit of a gift as well. As, uh, as some of the, uh, we mentioned Twitter, uh, seven-year high this week. Yep. Uh, just looking at Under Armour is going to open near an 18-month high. Yeah, Under Armour was terrific. Twitter, I thought, showed that there are, the most salient line on that whole piece, and Ned, a great interview with Squawkos, 50 accounts have more than 25 million followers. 50, 5 So you may not miss one if you have others, and particularly one that made it so that his absence, and yes, I'm speaking of uh, the real Donald Trump, has made, I think, uh, uh, put Twitter in the, in the list of companies that you want to advertise with along with, along with Pinterest, uh, and along with Snap, because it's become less rancorous. And there's very good evidence in that conference call that the less rancor, the more advertisers. So that's a big reason why I think Twitter's doing very well. Uh, uh, Jack Dorsey on the call last night, guys, talked about uh, the fact that you, the audience for Twitter, 80% ex-U.S., and that it's much larger than just one account. Here's what he said. We are a platform that is obviously much larger than any one topic or any one account. 80% of our audience is outside the United States, and we have more than 50 accounts with over 25 million followers. Conversations on Twitter every day are based on what's happening in the world, and we have proven in the past few years that if we do the work to serve the public conversation, our daily audience grows. David, he said, uh, modest impact from that new Apple privacy uh, initiative. And at revenues up 28, that's the highest since Q3 of 18. Yeah, uh, their total revenue number, the highest ever in a quarter, right? And as you point yep. out, uh, I think total ad revenue up 43% sequentially. Um, and, Carlos, we've noted uh, the stock is, it's not like it's been um, sitting there quietly. It's been moving up dramatically into this earnings report. So, uh, adding perhaps as much as another 10% to the market uh, value of the company, even after what has been, Jim, a very significant run into uh, the, the print, as we like to say when we talk about an earnings report. Uh, and, you know, then it focuses you in part on sort of the changing nature of where corporations are spending their ad dollars. Yes. And this is about Super Bowl ads, almost all of them. There's also a corollary in Twitter. 
It's about uh, direct. They're going to be doing a lot more direct response, not just brand. I reiterate, I think this is the tipping point quarter. Go back to the Pinterest quarter when it broke out from the 25s to the 70s. Go back to the snap quarter. Those were when, when the advertisers recognized it's safe. There is no dangerous place here that our stuff is going to go up against. So, David, I think that this is not the end of this move. This is the beginning Pinterest, beginning Snap, and now Twitter as a must-buy as people try to figure out how to get in touch with younger international consumers. Right. But, you know, but it's funny because uh, Facebook uh, is not done much of anything yet this year. No. Even though it would seem to be a beneficiary of all these trends and reported a quite what many people would say was quite a strong quarter. Uh, and, I mean, what, 33% revenue growth, if I remember It was correctly? great. The market didn't um, like it as much. The market much, did not like it. No. Uh, and yet you talk about these trends. Alphabet shares are up. You know, Jim, it, it takes me, though, to back to FANG for a moment. Sure. Because it has not performed no, this particularly is, well this no. year. You've seen, I don't know what you're calling them these days. They're not the Redditors. They're not the Merry Men. What are they, are they called? Oh, I had a new one. I call, no, yeah. Enlightened. The Enlightened. Got the it. Enlightened. They've sort of moved away from the FANG. Yeah, the enlightened, are, the enlightened are far more interested in, uh, in the most exciting EV. Right. That's what, David, EV has captured people. Uh, Carl, if you say LiDAR, they say 4D LiDAR. If you say EV, they say 15 minutes faster. Everybody has an angle on these. But you know what? In the end, Carl, they're not as important as Fang to the market. But it's what the, the enlightened have discovered is important and exciting. <laughs> Well, uh, speaking of LIDAR and autonomy and EVs, Jim, uh, GM uh, with numbers out, uh, 193 beats 156. Uh, that ship shortage is going to impact EBIT, which they uh, highlighted a while ago, one and a half to two billion. Um, interesting, though, uh, Toyota this morning, Jim, said the chip shortage is actually not going to impact at least their production schedule as they raise their, their full-year guide. Well, the uh, United States has gotten too much just in time, and the uh, Japanese and the Chinese are just in case. They are better orders. There's a lot of double orders of chips. Uh, I'm, I'm going to call tonight on Med Money for us. The Secretary, well, appointed Secretary of Commerce, Gina Raimondo, who was just a fantastic governor of Rhode Island, to lead to get a 50-year bond uh, to be able to make it so that we have enough foundry space. We do not. Uh, it, the foundry space is concentrated right now in Korea and Taiwan. We've pretty much given up. Even Intel, they got back in, but they don't make foundries. We need foundry. We can't do it alone. The companies need them. These companies in Europe have putting up for GM. It's, uh, autos are not necessarily the highest tech semis, but we're short. We're going to be short for almost everything. And the U.S. has to step up. I know that it's something that people don't want to hear, but it's better infrastructure spend than, than uh, Interstate 95. It really is. Much more bang for the buck. And I think that the secretary is going to lead it. I'm counting on her. But wait, you're back on, you're going to, you're never going to stop on that 50-year bond. No. Although, she's commerce. Don't you want to get on Yellen's case? No, like no, I want to get her on to do, She's case? a former venture capitalist. She's a right. great business person. Right. And she's going to, she's going to, I'm, I'm promised you. You're never getting your 50-year bond. I'm going to deliver You're never this. getting it. I'm going to deliver on it's this. It's not going to happen. Uh, it's my birthday. <laughs> it is your birthday. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a. <laughs> Tell sit, that to oh, Powell. I don't wanna, yeah. We won't do a bond as old as you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my! And it's also my Moderna spread. I, I got the best present in the world. I get number two Moderna today. Yeah, you do. What I know. a day! See, you benefit. At least there's one benefit. And then I got some yeah. Chipotle right and uh, with you, some uh, <laughs> Topo, right Topo Chico. 
You know, Jim, I'd love to get your take quickly on the overall market. Uh, we obviously have a lot of earnings to get through this morning as well. We're going to talk to Chuck Robbins in a minute. But, you know, I'm hearing two different narratives in this market. and They're not necessarily even mutually exclusive. One okay. is we're in a bubble. Right. Uh, take a look at uh, EV. Right. Take a look at SPACs. Every SPAC goes up when they price when, when they just price their SPAC. Right. You said done a deal. JP Morgan has some uh, Michael Semblis has some yeah. unbelievable data about how bad they could be. All right. Right. It's very right. possible. Uh, look at Bitcoin. I mean, we can go through any number of things, you know, in, in terms of some of the multiples. Look at the DoorDashes of the world, some of the uh, huge IPOs that have taken place. So there's there's that people concerned about valuation saying we're in a bubble. There's no doubt about it. And then there are others who say well, you haven't seen anything yet. I mean, we're, the vaccine is getting wider rollout by April, May. Things are animal spirits are going to really take over. People are going to charge out on the streets and start spending money like you've never seen. And by the way, they're going to have 1.9 or at least some of the 1.9 trillion dollars that may come raining down. And so I just wonder where, you know, do they both exist uh, or is one going to outweigh the other? I think that you can have a parallel track of good and bad that goes up and at a certain point and then bad services. Uh, the work that Semblis did at J.P. Morgan, I know that uh, that Andrew referenced it in a really good deal book column this morning, does show that this is a long term bad trend. Uh, it's a win for the people who do them and a lose for the people who, who uh, come in late. That, that's going to be a little while. We still don't have. You're the talking SPACs specifically SPACs. right well, there. SPACs are really they're half of the of the craziness. Right. In terms of the IPS, they're half. The other half, I don't know. I mean, we can debate. Look at Lyft, okay? Remember that? At 87, yeah. that was ridiculous, right? I know. I thought it could get there. It then went down. I mean, here it is. I mean, and I mentioned that because the money losers are winning, David. Right. And almost all the SPACs are money losers. And we know you can't have a market. Like, Carl, if you have a market that's just made up of money losers that are going up, that ends. But there are a lot of companies that are leading this market that sell at 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 times earnings. Like Cisco. Like 13 Lenore. times. Yeah, you know, the biggest home builder. I mean, it's an unbelievable home builder. Right. Putting on incredible numbers. There's no multiple. Avzi has eight times earnings and it yields 5%. I'm yeah. not cherry picking. No, but it's funny because I am starting to hear it more from people who wouldn't typically discuss it, worrying about, you know, toppiness, sure. bubblicious a little bit, starting to take down their overall exposure. Well, uh, at I, the same time, this competing narrative is, hey, you know what? Things are going to, they're, they're just getting started. But there's and by Kathy the way, Wood. rates are I mean, where do, they are. Do you get the Kathy Wood report? I have reported uh, it comes yeah. out after the close. Yeah. I mean, oh, you, you mean know, just in terms of what they're what well, they own? Yeah, it's called this amazing thing. You know, this amazing performer. She's amazing. She Tesla, whatever. She puts out. I think I do this with action alerts. It's not an easy thing to do. Believe me. She puts out what she buys and sells. Right. And you know, every day she seems to find something. I mean, she found a little PayPal yesterday. She's dumping Splunk like a. You know, the things you see, there are things that are being churned. She's but very transparent. She's Gotta very give her that. transparent. And I'm using her for Zeitgeist. And she is someone who gets so much money in, David, she's not, doesn't have a choice. And that's what we're having, Carl. The money over the transom, as Dave and I used to talk about it in the 1990s, it is here. It's just being thrown over the transom. Kathy Wood here. Start selling your space. Yeah, uh, just look at a chart of her AUM. It's uh, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Guys, you mentioned Cisco down on the pre-market. We're going to talk to Chairman and CEO Chuck Robbins in a bit about the quarter, the guidance, enterprise, and, of course, work from home when we come back. Every day. 
Thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Cisco's, you've seen under pressure this morning, this after the company reported softness in its infrastructure segment, of course, due to the continuation of many people working remotely. Joining us now is the company's chairman and CEO, Chuck Robbins. Chuck, always good to have you. Um, in reviewing your conference call and listening to it and reviewing it, you know, there's two separate things. You talk about a challenging environment currently, or at least for the last quarter. At the same time, you said looking ahead, you're cautiously optimistic as recent surveys of IT spending indicate year-over-year IT budget growth for this calendar year. So put the two in perspective for me as we try to figure out what the year ahead looks like for your company. Yeah, David, first of all, thanks for having me. And I, you know, I'm, I'm actually really proud of what our team's accomplished. If you look at what we discussed yesterday and what we announced, we had Demand growth returning to positive. We were the last three quarters. We went from negative ten to negative five to plus one, with every customer segment improving. Enterprise, commercial, service provider, public sector. Public sector grew ten percent. Service provider was up five percent globally. Commercial came back to plus one, and that was from like a depth of negative twenty plus a few quarters back. Uh, you know, our cloud and web scale business uh, has. Uh, begun to really accelerate for us. We gave data points over the last five quarters and now represents 25% of our service provider segment, grew triple digits in the quarter. We had the best gross margins we've had in 15 years. And we also announced you know, that we had generated $3.6 billion of software revenue in the quarter, 76% of which was coming uh, as subscriptions. So overall, it's a great quarter. The teams have done a great job. And you know, I think we're in the midst of the recovery and we feel good about where we are. Uh, in the midst of the recovery, meaning what? Specifically for infrastructure, because that, of course, has been a continued weakness, as you say. It's come well off the bottom, but it's nowhere near sort of where I'm, I'm sure you would like it to be or in a normalized version of the world would be. Yeah, and we've seen, we saw pockets of strength. We saw data center networking actually positive. We saw our Wi-Fi demand was up 20 percent year over year. Uh, we saw the Catalyst 9000 product continue with double-digit revenue growth. The web scale performance, the cloud performance that we talked about, is a lot of that was infrastructure platforms. So, you know, the revenue view was sort of a, a, a backwards-looking 
uh, number because, you know, the demand that we saw in the quarter, if you think about sort of the extended lead times we're all facing from the uh, semiconductor challenge, the demand signals, I think, are the most important things to look at. You, when you're looking at revenue from the prior quarter, you're really looking backwards uh, and looking at the demand that we saw in the quarter. We're, you know, we're pretty optimistic about uh, where we're going in the next four quarters. You know, I don't, I don't know, uh, Chuck, there's a debate going on here, and it's one you're for, squared in with, with Mark Benioff. You actually have a moment in the conference call where you basically say, listen, people don't like being home. They don't want to be told to be home anymore. They're, they're not happy. I mean, you, you kind of broke form. You said people, they're, they're not enjoying it. One of the, our employees the other day told me, I don't mind the option of working from home. I don't like being forced to work from home. If you force people to work from home, which is what people are doing. That's bad for you, okay? If you force them to go to work, it's great for you. Benioff says we're all going to stay at home for the foreseeable future. Will you solve this dilemma for me? <laughs> First off, Jim, happy birthday. Congrats <laughs> on getting your second shot. I look Thank forward you, buddy. to when we can all <laughs> uh, experience that. So, uh, I, you know, look, I think the, the, the issue is that we don't, it's going to be a hybrid world, right? I mean, that's, that's just the bottom line. And <clears throat> we, we could have announced five years ago that we were going to allow employees to work from home because we've always allowed employees to work from home. And um, so I think the issue is you, you have a, workers who are going to go back several days a week. Workers are going to work from home a couple of days a week and vice versa. Most are going to be in that mode. And the real question is, what does that do to your real estate footprint? I don't think we know the answer to that yet because if you're an employee going back to the office, are you going to be comfortable going into a shared space where someone else was sitting the day before? Are you going to trust that it's been sanitized? Are you going to worry? Are you going to be okay with that? We don't, we don't know the answer yet. Uh, and, um, and so I think that, look, I, I know I've been back in the office some and we've been preparing for earnings and candidly it's therapeutic. And I think that our people, I think people need both, right? And that was the comment that our employee made. I'm sure that employee is is appreciating their fame this uh, th- these couple of days. Uh, I saw Carl retweeted or tweeted that yesterday, and so I think we're I think we just have to wait and see. But I don't think it's going to be a dramatic shift from where we are today. Well, I think it's going to be good. Nikesh Roar was on. He's the first guy who talked about uh, uh, for Palo Alto. The notion of hybrid should be great for particularly a company like Cisco. Obviously, Mark Benioff is. Uh, doing all, thinking about that chair, thinking about going back in. He's actually doing, doing that arrangement. There's some stuff that you do. I'm going to drill down. First, Acacia. We want to get this company to where it's 50% software. Does that get us there, or does it, get, or does it sl- slow us? Well, Acacia is going to help us in our web scale strategy, particularly, and also in our overall uh, infrastructure platforms. When you think about as these new higher-speed networks are built, a lot of the margin and a lot of the capabilities are in those optics. And so being able to have that in-house uh, will certainly help us from an economic perspective. And then in our component strategy, as we talk about what we're doing with the cloud and web scale players, being able to sell them you know, silicon, sell them optics, if that's how they'd like to buy the technology, then it just gives us another uh, aspect that's important to them. You know, on the software front, again, we had $3.6 billion in the quarter, and uh, it's a big big move from a few years back uh, relative to where we are on the software front. Yep, I don't think you're getting enough credit for that, but let's go into something. You did, You threw in some, some great tidbits. I need to know more about it. Uh, WebEx, you did noise cancellation, which is good because I can't stand it when the darn dog is barking, okay? That happened last week to me. It was a seminal moment. And then real-time language translation. You and I both like these Netflix hits. Are we going to be able to be watching like Lupin? 
Are you going to be watching people and can you dub people? I'm not kidding. If you dub people and you dub it with DocuSign, we can have conversations in everywhere in the world. And I need you to have that technology for real real time language. Can you give it for us? Absolutely. Like 15 languages, Jim. So you and I talked about this, I think, in one of our interviews over the last few months. And um, it's it's there. It's uh, it's robust. And, uh, you know, we did that. We built we, we've launched like 50 plus features on the platform. The, the pace of innovation uh, on the WebEx platform, the security and the privacy that we continue to say is super important. We're hearing that even more from customers today. Uh, I know it's been sort of a it hasn't been brought up in about a year, but we're hearing customers again come back to the fact that security and privacy are so important. And, uh, you know, with the feature velocity the teams have been building, the capabilities, the, the AI and machine learning enabled noise cancellation where you don't have to say, could you please go on mute? Could you please go on mute? <laughs> I mean, these are things that I think are going to be with us for a very long time. Uh, Chuck, it's David again. You know, I, I wonder when you think about the maturation of this service, uh, what's it going to look like five years out? I mean, we talked to you about the flexibility of a workforce, the desire or at least the, the ability of people to work from home. Five years from now, when I'm doing a WebEx, what am I going to actually be doing? Well, I think there's a couple of things leading up to that, David. First of all, the technology is going to evolve, and our teams are working hard on technology that actually create an equal experience. Think about this whole notion of inclusion. In in the future world, we're going to have people sitting in conference rooms, and we're going to have people at home. And you, you, you know what it's like historically to be a remote attendee of a meeting. It's been terrible. And so we, we're working hard on technology that gives the same experience to both, which is the first thing. And then over time, I think you're going to see real 3D experiences. You're going to be virtually in the room, and there's a lot of work that our teams are, are doing right now to build that next generation technology. And I think that's what you'll experience in a few years. Uh, and, uh, and I think it will become less and less important whether you're in the room or whether you're at home. We want to make you a productive member of the meeting regardless of where you are. Will you uh, promise to help Chuck to get a $50 billion infrastructure bomb with, with student secretary Gina Raimondo from Commerce to be able to build fabs in this country that we need, that we make it so that we do not run out of capacity? Yeah, I think we're, we're currently experiencing, Jim, the, uh, the byproducts of that challenge with the semiconductor shortage that we see around the world. And I've actually uh, spoken to Secretary, and I've talked to a lot of my peers, and I do think it's important for us, for several companies in the U.S., you know, we, built, we design our own ASICs, uh, and it's a big part of, like, our success with the web scale players today is our silicon, and obviously the Acacia technology. And I think it is important that we come together in a public-private partnership, and we won't solve it quickly. I think we all know that. But we need to start, we need to come together, and we need to create fab capacity in the United States for our future. And I think that's super important. Uh, and I'm hopeful that we, uh, as industry, can work with this administration to get that, uh, get that how, started. You know, real quick, uh, Chuck, how serious is this? And you said it's a semiconductor challenge. I mean, how much is it figuring into your ability to deliver to your customers? How much is it just figuring into your own plans? Yeah, I think that was one of the confusing points last night on the call for some of the analysts, I think, is as you looked at our guide, we guided above on the revenue front and in line on the EPS front. But the thing that we have to remember is that with, with even though our supply chain situation is built into our guidance, the elongated lead times 
sort of reduces the amount of orders in the quarter that we can convert to revenue in the quarter because literally we're out three, four, five, six months on certain technologies because of the semiconductor issue. We baked it into the guide, so we're confident in what we put forward, but it certainly is having an impact and we're working on, you know, I, I'm yeah. seeing emails flying on expedite requests from customers every day, so it is a challenge. All right, well, we're going to uh, keep on that as well. Chuck, always appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Great to see you guys. And you, Chuck Robbins from Cisco. We'll be right back. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Get right to the opening bell on this uh, Wednesday morning. Uh, record highs expected as the opening bell rings. Uh, Going to be driven largely, of course, by earnings today, Jim. And we'll see how Coke uh, impacts the Dow. It was up pre-market as they beat by a nickel. Um, and talk about not just unit case volume down three quarter on quarter, but the worst case, as Sarah Eisen said, regarding this tax dispute with the IRS. Yeah, you know, they're using the $12 billion. I listened to the case. It's kind of like they were told they could go 30 miles down. On a, that was the speed limit of a road in front of the building, and they did it, and they did it, and they did it. And then the IRS said, listen, you know what? You should have been doing 20 miles an hour, not 30, and we're going to tax you for all that you uh, use. I mean, literally, it's kind of like a taking. I was a corporate tax uh, I actually was really good at corporate tax at Harvard Law. That's the only thing I was good at there other than picking stocks. And I think they've got a great case. I'm not, that $12 billion is not going to happen. What I really liked about the number, though, is, is that the fountain sales are going to come back. Uh, I just think that this Topo Chico is then the Topo Chico hard seltzer that I'm going to try to get David to have. Uh, maybe he'll go with me on that, but is, is delicious. I think these guys are doing a lot of things right. But again, this is an opening trade stock, David. You've got to get the fountains open. You're not going to make it up with people buying at home. And when does that really begin? Well, um, soon, right? It's an international soon. company, so it's not like it's, it's that's seven billion people that want Coca-Cola, not right. three hundred and thirty-seven. Right. That's a good point. It's just not. It's not just here. It's, but it's they, Coke Zero is doing well. Yep. Uh, they didn't take. They didn't take share. They, they took costs out. Uh, is it an exciting stock? Look, it's to me, it's no. a bond until they can get the fountains open. Right. Right. You're still sticking with uh, May 1st. May 5th. May 5th. May 5th. May 5th. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo, and I'll yeah. have Topo Chico. I can charge well, six bucks a bottle for that stuff. Oh. I can charge seven bucks for a... You know, you know, for Jim... A, sorry. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead, Carl. Yeah, sorry. No, sorry, Jim. Uh, no, I was, I was going to say on the reopening front, B of A's got a good note this morning talking about herd immunity. Um, I mean, their expectation is that by Q4, 55% of the country gets vaccinated, but that... You build in uh, the immunity we've already built in the past year, and you can get to the 40s, they say, in the coming months. And their argument is you don't have to wait for 55, much less 75. You can start these relaxations basically in the time period that you've been talking about. Yeah. Look, it's the vaccine glut. I'm saying it's the second quarter vaccine glut. I don't know. The FDA is sitting around talking. What do they do with those meetings, David? Hey, we've been working with J&J for the last eight months. This looks really good. Let's spend another couple of days looking at it. No, let's do two weeks looking at it. What are they doing there right now at the FDA? Are they watching us? Say, hey, I got Kramer just made fun of us. 
Really, because, you know, if we got J&J in there, we would have the vaccine glut that we want. We wouldn't be just limited to these different levels and everybody would be frustrated. We'd be going to CVS like we were supposed to two months ago. We'd like be going, well, yes, they've done some good things. I'm picking them as just the, as what's going on, David, as you and I both know, as we get more and more vaccines, we are eventually, you alluded to this yesterday, going to be looking for arms to vaccinate yes. by May. Yes, one would hope that that's the case. J&J will be added to the mix fairly soon, we expect. Uh, and we should get to that point where it's going to be available to everybody. Uh, listen, we're at a million and a half a day now, average. Yeah. So at least we're moving up there. I think most regions of the country are starting to really ramp up, although people are, you know, some of these stadiums that they're opening in places and then people aren't showing up or oh, they don't have enough vaccine people on People in the Panther hand. Stadium? You had more people than they had in Tampa Bay? Right. It's working. It is. Not the way we want. No. But I think, Carl, look, there's reason when David traced out that roaring 20s situation post-Spanish flu. It's an illusion I'm making for you. Oh, thank you. And, and uh, you, look, you do hear it a lot, the roaring 20s. You do 20s, hear it a lot. People and, talk about. You know, it's, it's mostly services. I mean, I heard this point, too, though. It's like, how many haircuts are you going to go get? You know, you're going to go get a haircut, but you're not going to go get seven haircuts. Uh, you're going to go to have breakfast, lunch, dinner, and uh, dessert out at five separate restaurants? Well, I don't know. Did you listen to Simon Properties, what David Simon said? Uh, He's even bringing back J.C. Penney. Someone wrote the other day, J.C. Penney closed. He's like, he owns 400 J.C. Penney's. They're open. Right. Simon Properties had a great conference call. And he and you're not mad at him. No, I'm not. Who came up when we were talking. Oh, did it? No, I'm not yeah. mad. Why would I be mad at him? Because people always say that. Oh, God, everybody thinks I'm mad at them. Well, it's because I, I tell just, them, well, yeah, David's not mad at I started out by I saying David's not mad at you. I guess I give off that vibe. No, I'm not mad at anybody. Paul, I'm David a is just a man of peace. peace. He's Thank like you. 10 bears in, in yes. the outlaw Josie Wills. Yes. Just because you're a little negative on SPAC sometimes, or at least question some things, Jim, everybody somehow thinks you're, you know, yeah. You're loved. I, you know, good to be I've loved. become death, the destroyer of worlds. No, no. You're not the death star. No. No. He's a good man. Uh, he's a fine man. You know, just kind of like Dennis Hopper at the yes. end of Apocalypse Now. Good man. He's a fine man. <laughs> Let's make money for people. Uh, what are we but doing? But to Sorry. his point, Jim, yeah. to David's point, um, about overheating. Uh, let's see. Copper, eight-year high, oh. right? Platinum, I think, back to 2015. Soybeans, the CRB has had a 52-week high for the past six days and is up 81% from the April low. I mean, uh, Dudley's got a piece in Bloomberg this morning. Four more reasons to worry about inflation. He says the Fed's going to have to pull or may have to pull stimulus sooner and with more force than we expect. So what does Powell say well, about it. that at 2 o'clock? That's that's well, I think Paul Paul still has to look at the employment numbers, but you're, you're going to get an inflection point. And the weakness in the market will come, I believe, in the spring when we do have the vaccine glut. And then then Powell's narrative has to change. I, I wouldn't sell everything now before that, but I think that it does have to change. Look, all this stuff is about employment and vaccine. If you get a big break in vaccine, employment is going to go up. If we get back to near normal employment, then this, these rates can't stay. David, you can't keep these rates low. If things are good. They will be on, the Fed. Really? When's the Fed going to stop buying? They're still, their balance well, sheet He's pal's good. He doesn't want to wreck the economy. He doesn't want to pull some 1937 on us. You really need to be buying. Are they still buying bonds? I'd have to check with Leesman on that stuff. But I mean, well, you got what your average high yield, your average junk bond yield is below 4%. Well, and these guys are still buying? Oh, don't look at me. I mean, there's, there's millions of people unemployed in this country. Yeah, 25 sure. million service people are unemployed. We'll be like, we're acting, everything's great. 
No, it's not. Let's have the market go up. They can maybe make some money and well, get sure them jobs. I'm not sure they're the ones who are benefiting from the market going up, right? No, they're not. It's a, it's a yes, okay, we can play that game. It's a I mean, it's collateral damage that people are getting richer who are rich. Yes, that, well, I think that is true. absolutely been. That's the collateral damage. Uh, and that's part of the revolution, of the, the enlightened revolution. The 18th Brumaire going on over there with the Reddit people. Right. The enlightened. Yes, yeah, the 18th like Brumaire. Rousseau, I don't know, it makes me think of that. Yeah, I don't know. I liked Rousseau. Did you? Game. Yeah. yeah, I think Hart was over very. Um, by the way, speaking of that gang and, uh, and their hopes and dreams uh, and SPACs, Let's get to a couple this morning. You know, I wanted to sort of start something. Hey, it's back of the day, but there's just too many to even highlight. So I'm going to highlight two this morning. And guys, they're both going to be up sharply or both already You're do that are. body build thing? No, I'm not doing Thank the you. Kevin Mayer spec. I'm actually going to surprise you. I'm doing CMF, uh, CM Life Sciences, which is merging with uh, Semaphore. There it is, up 32%. This was uh, Keith Meister uh, and uh, Ian Kasdan, uh, uh, uh I think his name's Ian, um, doing a deal. This is an interesting transaction. Where's my darn notes? There they are. Um, genomic testing, information data that helps with preventative medicine, uh, helps other companies that are designing clinical, uh, clinical uh, tests. Uh, they obviously have a great deal of data, Jim. It's not just the genomic testing, although they are doing about $200 million in revenues. They're going to take in roughly $500 million bucks they'll have on their balance sheet to continue to do this. It's being valued for the purposes of the deal at about seven times revenues. Um, competitors, uh, which you might know, Garden, Exact Sciences, invite. So some of these names are sort of where this company is going to be competing. Uh, it originally comes out of Mount Sinai, a hospital here in the New York area. Uh, and the work that they did in terms of genomics. Well, everybody loves that, David. It's every single buzzword you could possibly have, is, right? It is, isn't it? I mean, yeah. every, they miss anything there? No, not EV really. genomics? Not really, although you, the next one's even better. But, oh, I mean, I am looking on. at the presentation here. Obviously, I didn't do a great job, at, perhaps, in terms of explaining what they see as the real opportunity. Uh, but a lot of it has to just do with the incredible amounts of data that they're building, not just as well uh, the genomic testing that they're doing. Um, and then there's flying cars. We got it. It's happening. I mean, they call it urban mobility. Uh, take a look. I'll show you what they look like. You can decide what you want to call Who is this? Who's buying this one? Uh, this is a Molus SPAC, actually. He's legitimate. Uh, this is Atlas Crest Investment uh, is the name of the SPAC. There it is. And that is up. And the company in question is Archer. Uh, and let me quickly get to this presentation. Archer. $2.7 billion valuation. I don't know why. They're valuing it at what they say is 1.2 times 2026 revenue. 2026 revenue? Come on, guys. That's what um, the, look, the symbolist piece talks and, about. The and JP also Morgan what they see. I guess 2026 is when this company and EBITDA as well, 4.2 times. So obviously they got a lot of years before they're going to be able to roll, fully roll out what they're calling these um, uh, electric vertical takeoff and landing aircraft for use in urban air mobility, What's Jim. the acronym for that? Is uh, EVTOL. EVTOL. I don't know. Uh, but I will tell you that I could see you taking one maybe from Brooklyn to here, you know, 15 minutes. Hey, we should up. short the blade. It's electric. Should we short the blade? I'm sure at some point uh, it'll be autonomous. Back? Maybe How, you want to short, short the- Kenny Dichter's book? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Carl, can I just tell you, this conversation we're having right now, here's what the conversation is. Someone is going to lose so much money, and, we, and these two guys on the set were joking around. I'm not joking around. <laughs> Someone is going to lose a lot of money, yeah, and it's not going to be the sponsors. It's not, no, but this, no uh, Jim, but we, we've been through enough cycles to know that 
whatever we say is going to be sliced and diced and then uh, viewed differently in the oh, room. Not me. That's never happened to me. It would be a first time. Listen, uh, what? I mean, but, th- you know, I mean, this Archer, it's not just Moles. Mark Laurie, you like that guy. Mark Laurie's yeah. Jet.com. Yeah. He's a fantastic job. He's involved. He yeah. wore a black T-shirt. He came my shirt. He wore a black T-shirt. Well, you know, what are you, Marlon Brando? I mean, put a shirt on. Black T-shirt. Listen, I, I love the idea. No anyway, emissions. Lord's no emissions. He, he comes and it lands in the street and you get in it and you take off. T- t- remember that Steve Jobs did want to build, build a car that ran on water. He never got that done. No. No. Green hydrogen, though. Um, this stuff's crazy, Carl. How do we describe how crazy it is so that people don't get hurt? What do we do? These are these are these are capital. Uh, these are companies that need growth capital. They're fairly early in their stages of development, and there's a willingness to fund them. Hey, and some of them are going to work, and a lot of them won't. Okay, as long as you leave yeah. it like that. As long as yeah. you like that. It's like the the pot right stocks away. every day. It's like some yeah, Carl. Work. Sorry. Yeah, well, I, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Canopy because Canaccord uh, does cut it to sell today. They say that federal legislation is unlikely in the U.S. anytime soon. But, Jim, it's, you know, we shouldn't be framing this entirely through SPACs. you got revolutionary changes in technology, this story about a potential Rivian IPO later in the year. I mean, that's a legitimate story. Rivian, Rivian's very good. A lot of the car companies, and we'll hear from Mary Barr, was very serious, spending a fortune. Phil did some great quick breakdown on EV. Uh, there are, yes. I mean, I think Fisker is real. I think Rivian's real. Rivian is going to be, I mean, I know, I know a number of well-thought-of investors who are early there. Ford. Obviously, they've got right Ford and a lot of guys that I know. They've been to the plant. They talk about this, uh, the CEO, as though he's the ne- you know, next Bezos. Uh, uh, and Lucid. I thought we had a great interview with them last yeah, week. But Rivian is going to be, they're talking $50 billion. Well, it's too expensive. Public. It's like the company that, you know, the... When you did the battery company that went up, to, you took the $46 billion when you said Quantum nice scale. words. You took it to $46 billion. I did not have anything to do with it taking it or you, going anywhere. You, 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 YOLO. It did that. The market took it there. For the a while, market. it was more than, uh, than GM's market value, but well, not anymore. Although, Carl, GM is down on those numbers, I guess. That's uh, a real a company. Over 4%. Bye, GM. Carl, I don't like it. Okay, what am I going to do? I don't like it. I got up this morning. I was really happy because it's my birthday. Then I read Semblis' piece uh, about how the SPACs are going to go bad and how they're one-sided. And then I read Andrew's piece. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to my well, birthday. I want, I want people to know that I started a chip I, shortage uh, solution and said I, SPACs, uh-uh. Yeah, but remember, Semblis was the one who told us that uh, A.G. Barr was going to impound election results before the election results. So um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, how much faith are you putting in his notes these days? Ooh. Yeah, that's he, a good he, point. He was a... He, 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 he was ahead on that one. Ahead. He, he, was, <laughs> he was thankfully okay. wrong. <laughs> he was wrong. Yeah. Okay. But it was in my, this is, we're talking about, about the process of the election. And, and you're right, Carl, to, meant to praise him entirely and not mention that he, that some of the scenarios he set out that did not occur. But I keep thinking about that night in Michigan and I keep thinking about the Georgia phone calls. And I know that's not the narrative that Michael Semblis traced out, but Semblis has made a lot, a lot of money for a lot of people. He's a great guy. Yes, he's a personal friend. And I think his stuff on SPACs is very compelling. There. And he's, yeah, un- he's an unbelievable fisherman. Argue, he's the best fisherman of anyone I have ever met. <laughs> okay. Uh, guys, as we said, a record highs, and that includes the Russell. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob. 
Hello, guys. I love that flying car story David was talking about. Remember that old complaint 20 years ago? Where's my jetpack? Where is the cool technology that we were all expecting when we were kids? Well, here it is. I think it's very, very exciting. Exciting in the markets today. New highs again. All 11 sectors on the upside. Three to one advancing to declining stocks. But not a lot of new highs. Where's the new stock highs? Twitter's at a new high. Berkshire's at a new high. Few of the banks are at new highs. But there's not a big expansion of individual stock new highs. I'm waiting for that to happen. Meantime, we keep getting China new highs every day. There's your big market for the year is China. That MCHI has been on fire. That's the China ETF. Uh, The EEM, which is the emerging market, some China in there as well. Also historic highs. Uh, Semi's a big star. They're doing well today uh, for the uh, quarter and for uh, for the day. Uh, Energy, another big star doing well. Banks also great, but not outperforming uh, today. As for the markets, it's kind of a status quo situation. Everyone agrees. Everybody I call, every trading desk, we're pretty stretched, Bob, but I don't think we're going down right now. That's the attitude. There's no reason to sell uh, because the main macro narrative, the big three, stimulus, go big stimulus, particularly the vaccine rollout and earnings keep growing. I keep talking about Q1 and Q2 earnings estimates are rising fast. That's a great sign for the markets. So yes, short term, the major indices are stretched. The individual uh, internals, the relative strength indexes we look at are stretched. But look at these moves here. We've had huge moves in the small caps again this month. We had six-day run in the S&P 500. We were up 5% last week. These are enormous moves. And yet, there doesn't seem to be a lot of worries out there. You just look at the VIX again. Remember, we had a big spike up in the VIX a few weeks ago on concerns about those short squeezes and potentially, I think, uh, some uh, internal worries about the market. But that's kind of gone away. We actually dropped below 20 briefly this morning on the VIX. We haven't been below 20 since December in the VIX. So there's an indication uh, of not a lot of uh, concern out there immediately uh, for the market. Um, Finally, if you want to see how desperate the states are becoming uh, to get revenues and to come up with additional tax ideas, did you see Stacey Cunningham's uh, editorial in the Wall Street Journal? She's threatening to leave New York State. NYSE will leave New York State if the state institutes this proposed financial transaction tax. It's a trading tax uh, is what it is here. Now, it's not clear who would pay any of these taxes. The trading desks are scattered all over. It's a jurisdictional nightmare. I don't know how they would enforce this. But the financial transaction tax, it's been tried in other countries. It doesn't work. It doesn't raise the money people thought. It causes people to move around. It dramatically cuts trading. We know it doesn't work, but it's a sign of how desperate people are. There's no state aid coming in the stimulus package here. Uh, And we're going to see other crazy attempts to raise taxes in other states with other kinds of tax schemes that don't make a lot of sense. We're getting competition for people's dollars out there. Uh, So the question is, would the NYSE ever move? Uh, Carl, I find it rather hard to believe that something like that would actually happen. I know that the New York Stock Exchange has had discussions with other states. But, you know, Carl, somehow the Texas Stock Exchange, it just doesn't have the same ring to it. The New Jersey (laughs) Stock Exchange. Miami's been taken already. There is a Miami Stock Exchange. The Palm Beach Stock Exchange. I don't know, Carl. But this is a sign of how desperate people are getting. Uh, that was quite a piece by Stacey, Bob, uh, something we got to keep our eye on. Uh, Bob Pisani, thank you. We'll go to break here. Take a look at how Treasuries are faring this morning. Uh, yields had been on the rise until CPI for January. Core, at least, uh, came in at a goose egg. We were looking for two tenths. Uh, take a look at the dollar index as well, reacting to this morning's inflation data. And, guys, keep your eye on cannabis. Uh, more indications that the Reddit community has discovered uh, that sector. Tilray this morning up 43%. We're back in a moment.
turning out to be an interesting morning for the pot stocks. So we mentioned the downgrade over a canaccord of Tilray, I'm sorry, of Canopy, because they don't see federal legislation anytime soon. But, Jim, that's no match for the Reddit trade. And that comes a day after the MJ ETF had its best day ever. Well, they've got the, uh, they know the short numbers. I mean, it's 27% of the float is short. David Costin with a very interesting piece just put the list of the, of the stocks that people are short. And, and one of them, of course, is IFF, and that has to do with an exchange that was done by DuPont that didn't do, DuPont didn't do as well as IFF one. But, you know, you have to look at what's short and then decide, I guess, if you're a part of this enlightened class, let's gun for the uh, guys who are betting against it. David, there's a yeah. considerable short position. They can gun. and Let's see what happens. They can. Now, don't forget, remember when Tilray was up uh, in the 140s, 150s? If we go back and take a look at, let's yeah, call it, it during a, three, a lunch break, three or four year chart, you'll see that spike. Remember, you couldn't borrow it. You couldn't. The borrow was the so borrow expensive. Was that nobody would borrow it, and then it did collapse till Ray at that point. Went to 214 uh, right. on uh, September of 2018. That doesn't show it, guys. you got to go back even further. So you got to go back to September. Yeah. Uh, uh, but what's uh, happened, David, once again, is, is that you can just look at these. There's, uh, there's, there, you know, there's e- there riddle with ETFs. We there we go. Riddle with ETFs. It. Yeah. Uh, canopy growth, the downgrade, I thought was, uh, it was fatuous because they do have the money and they also have the drinks. It's the drinks that are going to be good. Well, you were talking about this very positively yesterday. I, I, I yeah. said to buy it. I've been saying to buy it since uh, they came Constellation. In, since Constellation came on at 30 and said, look, this thing is, the drinks are real. Right. Hey, David, tastes great. No filler. Not what do you call filling. them all again? <laughs> Enlightened? The Enlightened? The Enlightened is from the 18th premiere. Got it. I got to say, up. Jim, it's funny. You know, we had Brendan Kennedy on the other day. And we were asking him, well, you know what it's like to be, to be in a situation where your stock goes bananas. Uh, and he was thinking back to that time uh, this morning. They are right back in it. We'll, well take a break here. Enjoy. And I'll be back in a moment. Don't go away. Record highs for the major indices. Take a look at the S&P heat map with uh, breath pretty positive here. Most sectors in the green, except for consumer discretionary. And you got the volatility index down again today, uh, back below 22. Squawk on the street continues in a moment. Jim, we didn't quite get to uh, this. Uh, some of these reports on TikTok, Oracle, uh, and Walmart. You, I think you've got some on that, right? Yeah, I think that this is very much in play. I think the story's not right. I think that this deal still could be on. I know Secretary Mnuchin wanted it. I know there's a desk on, uh, there's a note on Secretary Yellen's desk to do it. I think it's with the bureaucrats right now. I'm not buying the story that says this thing is not happening. I am saying it's in play and it's still on. Hmm. Yeah, the Dow Jones headline was that the sale had been shelved indefinitely as no, the White House I'm not buying sort that. of reviews some of those restrictions. That's it, it may be at certain levels, but it's very much on right now at the levels that are operative that would expect it to happen. So I just say I want to say it's in play and that the story that you're currently reading is not accurate. All right. Jim, how about tonight? Okay. I got Mattel on, another great quarter, and this thing's really come back. American Girl's doing it. And then because of, just like with, uh, with Chuck, I'm really focused on fiber. I'm focused on uh, anything high speed. I'm focused on Juniper. They had a really good quarter. Juniper may be back. Remember we ran Juniper, David? Uh, Kevin... John. KJ. And that's why Starbucks has had such a good technology. What a great show, guys. Thank you for all the birthday wishes. I'm going to go get my Moderna shot. I'm not cutting the line. I unfortunately am old enough to get it legally. Happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Many, many again, more. I love this team. And enjoy. Thank I hope you. you get to celebrate. We wish, we wish you could celebrate with you. Uh, Jim Cramer's birthday today. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 
people today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. 